We'll move forward uh, into the scripture today. And as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a coincidence that the kids are being rewarded today for all bringing their, their scripture, their Bibles to church with them. Because we're going to be talking about the centrality and the importance of the written word of God, which I've talked about many times over the years in a lot of different ways. But to, today and in this series that we're going through in God and My Everything, I want to talk about uh, this gift of the scriptures that we have which allows us to stay rooted in our relationship with God. It's one of those central things that makes up uh, the foundation of our life with Christ. This is a trellis for growing plants. That you, for those who have been around for, for over the last year, I've brought this out a couple times. And this is a symbol now for me of the, the, the things that we do in our lives to make room for God, to put Christ in every part of our lives. So two weeks ago we talked about Sabbath. That's uh, taking 24 hours a week, ideally, or some kind of break in your schedule to honor God and to rest from your work in, in, uh, in recognition that, you know, God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, so we, we, take a, we take a time of rest as well. That's a foundational practice. Last week we looked at prayer and, uh, and finding God in, in uh, talking, to, talking to God all the time, every day in many different ways, and maybe some of you tried out uh, some praying this past week that you hadn't tried before. But obviously, Sabbath and prayer, foundational uh, disciplines in our life with God. Today we're going to be looking at Scripture. And Scripture, uh, the written Word of God that's been provided to us by the Holy Spirit's uh, uh, preservation over the years, uh, a, a long library of, of books, letters, history, um, prophecy, and Gospels, the stories of Jesus, uh, that's just been gifted to us. And we have this in our language. Anyone can pick it up and read it. We live in a, fr a free country that allows us to, to have this book and to read this book. Um, we're, we're a literate society. We have the ability to read it. Um, it's, it's a really amazing gift that God's given us. And everything that we know about Jesus and everything that we do as a church springs from, or, you know, ideally would spring from the Scripture. Um, we, know, we know about Jesus' life not just from secular historians like Josephus or people that wrote about him in history, but we know about Jesus through the Gospels. And Jesus fulfilled and culminated God's plan, rescue plan to save the world. Um, but, but we have the written word of God in the scriptures, and we have the living word of God, Jesus Christ. You know, it says that, um, that he is the living word of God for us. So this... This is quite an amazing thing to have access to. The, the, the classic passage that talks about what this book means to us and the, what the Word of God means to us is from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, where it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture, God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's an awesome gift to have this very useful book. The Bible calls itself useful, that, that can teach us, that's inspired by God. And it says in Hebrews that men and women who who composed the, the letters and and, and different parts of the Bible, were carried along by the Spirit of God. They were carried along by the Spirit of God. They were inspired by the Spirit of God. And so, 
You know, Paul may have thought to himself that he was writing a letter to the city of Thessalonians, but he was really writing not just to them, but to us as well, those who would follow. As we come to understand the context, the history, the culture, uh, and, and, and why things are in our Bible, we come to see God's purpose in all of these things. We come to hear how uh, his word for them in their situation, in their day, in their way, it also applies to us in our situation, in our day, and in our way. And so the act of pre- preaching itself or, or Bible study or small group uh, meditation on the scripture is to, uh, to equip us all. And, it's, and the Bible can do that. And as we come to understand it, even the parts that are more difficult to read through or more challenging or, or uh, harder to understand, even those parts can come to be a treasure for us, a treasure from God. Because it's all God-breathed, God-inspired. And yes, people wrote this book, but God inspired them. That's an amazing gift. The most important thing that I could give you today in a sermon would be, hopefully, to inspire you to, to consider what a great gift the scriptures are, and maybe begin a lifelong process of learning how to get into the scriptures to learn to understand what they're saying and apply them to your own lives. My favorite, my very favorite uh, conversations uh, this year that have been most encouraging to me in the ministry have been people that have said, hearing the Bible being preached, hearing these stories and letters um, I've come to understand them for the first time in my life. I, maybe people grew up in a church, they heard these things, but they never came to understand them or apply them to their lives. They never read the Bible for themselves. You know, hearing people get excited about reading the Bible just gets me amped up because I know that, uh, and the Bible says that it, it's, it's capable of equipping every person for every good work. It's a really awesome thing. So uh, I, I just love that. I love that we're getting into the Bible. I love that we've done various Bible reading plans over the years. We did Mission 119 with, with, with uh, Pastor Soper, and some of you are doing it right now. Who's doing Mission 119, reading the Bible? Yep, at least one, but many of you have gone through the Bible several times with Pastor Soper on an, on an app on your phone, and he, you know, will, will share the scripture passage, then he'll share uh, a teaching on it, and maybe some contextual, historical uh, information that helps us to understand and interpret the Word of God. Some of you are reading through the Bible in a year. You've just found the Bible reading program. If you go on, on to uh, the YouVersion Bible app, you can select different Bible reading plans, and you can read the whole Bible in two years, in one year, in six months. And if you're crazy, you could do it in three months. You'd have to be crazy. You'd have to, you'd have, to have a lot of time on your hands. <clears throat> but there's so many ways to consume the Word of God now. It's really awesome. In, 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 the, in the time when... The letters and, and, and parts of the Bible were, were first being uh, written, particularly think about the letters, largely what, what would happen would be that Paul would write a letter, like say to the church in Rome, and he'd send a courier to bring that letter to the Roman church, and then that letter would be read publicly to people because people were illiterate for the most part. They couldn't read. And so the herald would be an educated person who could both represent the teaching from the letter and explain and answer questions on Paul's behalf, right? Uh, what an amazing thing. It's amazing to think that in the early church that many of these people uh, that were followers of Jesus uh, that had, did not come from Judaism particularly, 
uh, may have been illiterate, may not have been able to read, but they were still hearing from God because God's word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, and God's word finds a way to get through uh, one way or another. But it's interesting to think, those, those first Christians eagerly listening, what is God saying to us through what Paul is saying to us in this letter? What is God saying to us through these stories? It says in John 8, 31 to 36, very interesting thing about the word. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have, been, have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free from something? And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now if you caught the first part of that, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This can easily apply to the entire testimony of Scripture. If we hold, because Jesus took the whole Old Testament very seriously and preached from it on a regular basis and showed everyone how it was talking about him. So Jesus is saying, it's not enough just to hear the word, but if you hold to my teaching, hold to the teaching of Scripture, then you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Interesting. Holding to teaching sets us free. The conclusion of today's uh, encouragement in, in the Word is that uh, being bound to Jesus and his words and the teachings of Scripture, it actually sets us free. When we bind ourselves and voluntarily choose to submit ourselves to the Word of God, the living Word Jesus and the written Word of God found in Scripture that was, that was uh, inspired by God, that leads to true freedom. To be, and I think that's a really cool uh, thing. So knowing the teaching, holding on to it, leads to freedom. And we, by an act of our, our God-given free will, choose to follow Jesus, to make him the center of everything, to hold on to his teachings, then we find true freedom in our lives. True freedom. It doesn't matter who our spiritual parents or grandparents may be. You know, anyone who sins becomes a slave to sin. Everyone all of humankind is together locked underneath the power of sin. But anyone who voluntarily puts themselves underneath the authority of Jesus and his word gets to truly be free. And Jesus says, free indeed. So here's so the two options really are, we can either be a slave to sin, kind of doing whatever seems right to us, whatever seems right to our culture, or we can be a free child of God, set free to voluntarily follow Jesus according to how God created us to follow him. So today I want us to explore this idea that being, being bound to Jesus, being, uh, holding on to his teaching and the teaching of Scripture and him as a person, obeying his teaching and wisdom, sets us free to live full lives. It's, it's foundational. That's why Scripture is, is, is said to be a foundational part of our trellis that supports our spiritual life with God. It's foundational because in knowing the truth of Scripture— and the truth of Jesus' words, and holding on to those things, we find true freedom in God, in the foundation. As I said, we've been in this series 
uh, going through this book in our small groups and in our, in our services, and we have these available for anyone that would like to read with us over there. Um, we're looking at what it looks like to experience God in every part of our lives. Um, and, you know, last week we talked about uh, prayer, the week before Sabbath-keeping. Um, today we're going to talk about this idea of holding on to and being bound by the word of Scripture, the word of Jesus, and binding our, how binding ourselves to God, how submitting ourselves to God truly brings freedom. After all, we, we read in, uh, in 2 Timothy, this is God-breathed stuff. It's totally useful for equipping every saint for acts of service and life. In this, uh, in this passage we read in John 8, where Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, the Pharisees, the context of that is that the Pharisees were trying to discredit Jesus by questioning the strange circumstances of his birth. So we're celebrating Advent here today, the countdown to Jesus' birth with the candle of hope. Well, the Pharisees were emphasizing to Jesus and to the crowds, you know, we know who our father is. Our father is Abraham. We're, we're, we're people from the Jewish family. But they were saying of Jesus, who knows who your real father is? You know, you are an illegitimate son. They were accusing Jesus of being illegitimate and trying to take away his good reputation and to sully his name. And Jesus hijacks their intention to shame him and discredit him and teaches them a powerful spiritual lesson instead. Jesus says, actually, a person who holds to my teaching is really my disciple, is really a disciple of God. And that person who holds on to my teaching shows themselves to be a permanent member of God's family, not illegitimate in any way. You know, we are connected in God's family by submitting to the word of Jesus. That person that will submit, that by an act of their will, submit their life to Jesus and to his word and obey his teaching, you know, that person is really his disciple and a member of God's family. That person goes from being a slave to sin to being a free child of God. And Jesus defines that state of holding on to his teaching, obeying his teaching, submitting to his teaching as being free, free indeed. There's only two options. You know, we can either be a slave to sin or be a free child of God. And a person shows which option they've chosen by how they respond to Jesus' teaching in God's word, whether in holding on to it and obeying it or disobeying it. Only, the only people that are called free indeed, though, are those that hold on to Jesus' teaching and obey his teaching. Those are the people that get to be free indeed. The Pharisees knew the scripture, even as they were trying to accuse Jesus. They even obeyed them on some levels, and in uh, some superficial levels even. But their hearts were just far from God. They were bound by sin as well, because they rejected Jesus, the fulfillment of the scriptures, and his teachings. And in, in doing that, in rejecting Jesus, the, the, uh, the one who fulfills all of scripture, in rejecting Jesus' teaching, rejecting him as a person, ironically, the Pharisees were showing that they were not truly Abraham's children, children at all. They were not God's children because they refused to follow God. It's really that foundational. To be free indeed means submitting to Jesus and his word and holding on to it. In our denomination, 
they talk about God's word, the scripture. They say, knowing and obeying God's word is fundamental to all true success. Knowing and obeying God's word is fundamental to all true success. And Jesus said, it's in knowing and obeying God's word that we show ourselves to be free indeed, children of God, rather than being slaves to sin. You know, in our culture, they, they, we talk about uh, be, being free, and what, what we mean by that is that we're free to do whatever we want, to live in the way that we think is best, or the way our culture thinks is best, and we choose to do that, and so we're free. But we all know that that is not true. You know, people that do whatever seems right to them come to ruin over time. They're not free at all. Instead, God says, use your free choice to get to know me, to hold on to my teaching, to make Jesus the center, and you will truly be free indeed. So along with other, other root practices of Sabbath, of prayer, reading the scripture, to hear from God, not only to hear from him, but to learn what pleases God, and then to hold on to those things in obedience is the fuel that fuels true success as a Christian. It's, not, it's in knowing what God's word says and then choosing to obey it. That's our bread and butter as Christians. That's where we get all of our information from. It all starts with God's word to us and Jesus, God's living word, revealed to us. But everything we do in, in our church, everything we base our faith on, it's found in God's word. It's God-breathed. It's useful for equipping the saints for everything that they need to do for life and godliness and ministry. You know, Jesus immersed himself in Scripture from a very young age. And we, we know these stories from Luke. Uh, Jesus was missing. And the mom and dad walked for a while, and they didn't know where Jesus was. And uh, they finally figured out that he was in the temple talking theology with the rabbis. He said that famous phrase, the child Jesus said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Classic Jesus. But uh, from the time he was little, Jesus, the living word of God, immersed himself in the written word of God. And he came to understand the word the way that we do. It's a total mystery that God in the flesh came to learn and do life the way that we do, but he did this as an example for us to show us how to live in the new life. Jesus grew and learned from what he, just like we do as children. Um, he immersed himself in the Bible, but he didn't just immerse himself in the Bible, he also fulfilled the Old Testament laws and, has, and became for us the living word of God in the flesh, a living example of what it means to follow God. A truly dynamic revelation when you think about it. The written word of God being studied by the living word of God, revealing to us, you know, the truth, the full culmination of the word of God. And the live in Christ, the living word and the written word came together in this amazing revelation. Dynamic. And that revelation now comes to us. As I said in Hebrews 12, 412, the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, this is true freedom in submitting to and understanding and obeying God's word. That, that really is true freedom and that is true success. 
And if we are to live in that kind of freedom, we have to place ourselves underneath the authority of God's written word and his living word to us in Jesus Christ the Son. You know, it's in the word of God that we uh, get the raw building materials that we need to grow as Christians. It's what we actually need to grow as Christians. And submitting to Jesus, the living word, we find salvation, we find the gospel, we find everything we found at the Lord's table. So I just, I, I really just want to talk to you a little bit about, and I think the book, the book we're reading does an excellent job of this, of different ways of taking in the scriptures. We talked about some of them already. You can get an app on your phone called Version Bible App, which you all probably have, and you can have a professional voice actor read the Bible to you at regular speed or two times or three times the speed if you really want to take that in quickly. I wouldn't recommend that. But you have a, at your fingertips on a smartphone, you have the, the whole scriptures of God in any version you want being read by a professional voice actor. It's an amazing gift. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the tools that I have utilized. But our book shares many amazing suggestions I, that I really want you to take a look at. And again, they're available over there. Uh, Ken Shigematsu talks about chewing on the word. About, really, the, the picture is of a dog with a bone, just savoring, biting, manipulating, crushing, burying, unburying, you know, whatever dogs do with a bone, we're to do that with the word of God. Chew on the word. The book talks about meditation on the word of God, about taking passages of scripture, hearing what God is saying to you, and then meditating on its meaning for you and what it means for you. The book talks about memorizing the word of God. The book talks about imagining that you yourself are in a scene the Bible describes. So if you are reading about the story of Peter walking, uh, joining Jesus to walk on water, you imagined yourself as you read this passage, what would that have been like? What would it have been like to be in a terrifying storm? Even as a professional fisherman who's used to being in boats, and then to have this terror feeling like we're going to capsize, we're going to drown. And people were terrified of water back in those days. They were terrified. What would that have been like? What would it have been like to, to, to feel that Jesus was sleeping on the job, you know, in, in the bottom of the boat, peaceful as can be, while you're out here freaking out? What would that be like? Now, what would it be like to, to, to wake Jesus up and then hear him rebuke the wind and the waves with a word from his mouth and have everything calm down? What would it be like in another scene uh, to have, to be, in, to be in a boat and then see Jesus walking by your boat? That'd be pretty interesting, wouldn't it? What would it be like for Jesus to call out to you by name and tell you to come out and join him on the water? These are some of the ways we can take in the word of God, imagining ourselves in these scenes, not blowing past them at three times speed, uh, but, um, but personalizing these words and stories to ourselves because there's wisdom that can, be, uh, that can be taken from taking in the word of God in these ways. Ken says in our book, the goal of our reading and meditating is not just to know what God's, what God's word says, but to do God's word, living in obedience to it. Practicing what we know reinforces the behavior and builds a sound foundation for our lives. The night before he was crucified, Jesus spoke of the importance of putting his words into action, 
when he said, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Reminds me of holding on to my word, holding on to my word and obeying my word to show yourself to be a free and true disciple of God. In order to do the word of God, we have to be in the word so that we know what it says, so we can take, so the Holy Spirit can then take all this data that we're putting into ourselves through taking in the Bible and speak that word to us afresh in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, through us to other people, from other people to us, all over the place. This isn't just, again, a book. The Holy Spirit inspired this, and the Holy Spirit now illuminates it. I mean, we have all these amazing tools, and God is eagerly desiring that we join him at the table with this amazing book. I wanted to share a couple of the ways that have been very meaningful to me uh, in, in meeting with God in the last year. And then I'm going to invite a friend forward to share uh, a little bit more as well. So some of the ways that I have rooted myself in Scripture um, over this past year in a different way than I had before. Well, as a, as a pastor, I am in danger of being one of those religious professionals that Jesus bumped into in the Bible. Lots, lots of times, pastors can fall into this trap where they, where they sort of say, you know, I study the Bible and preach it, but I'm not really studying it on my own. It's very easy to begin living a disconnected life as a person that is a pastor. Because you can be neglecting to do the very things you're encouraging other people to do and, uh, and, and, and only be in the Word just so you can write sermons. I didn't, I didn't want that for myself. Um, for me, I, I have to make absolutely sure I don't fall into that trap of, of knowing the Word and not obeying it, like the Pharisees, or just being engaged with the Bible just to write sermons and do different things in the ministry. Those are traps without obedience from the heart. So, um, so it's been very important to me to figure out uh, ways to get into the Bible and to take it in for myself, for my own soul. Nothing to do with, no offense, you guys at church. For me, I need to know that I am rooted in the Word of God. It's so important to me. And there have been times when I have not been, but by God's grace, I've been able to get into some amazing patterns to be in the Word of God. And I have seen the very thing that I'm talking about, these, these stories, the story of, of Genesis, the story of Exodus, the stories of the, the, the book of Acts and the, and the letters that Paul talks about, God's Word. These things have come to life for me and meant something to me because the Holy Spirit has made them illuminated. So what have I done? Well, one of the things I've done is taken Ken's suggestion uh, and downloaded an app on my phone um, called Pray As You Go. This is an app that presents you with a beautiful uh, Christian song, whether it be with lyrics or just instrumental. You, you press play on this, and every day there's a unique uh, reading that's done. So in this app, this beautiful music plays, a beautiful song plays. You just open yourself up to God and invite the Holy Spirit, just like we do in, in worship service, to speak to you and guide you. And usually that music is very meaningful to me. And for me, 
because I'm a, mus a musician, I love music so much, it's so important to me to have music in my life and new music and different music than I'm used to. So it plays this beautiful song, and then a narrator with a really great English accent comes on, and he says, today's reading is from some part in the Bible. Then, then they read the text um, twice, with, with, again, with the instrumental music in the background, and then the, the narrators encourage you to meditate on the word. Think about, imagine yourself in this scene in the Bible. Think about a, uh, what question would you have for Jesus in this situation? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I mean, the authors are doing a great job. The narrators are doing a great job of getting you to hear what the Word is saying. And then they encourage you to end with prayer, praying it back to God. And the whole thing takes maybe five to ten minutes. That's been very, very uh, beneficial to me. Uh, because devotionally, it's so important just to be in the Bible to hear from God every day. The other thing that's been very beneficial for me is going through a Bible reading plan on the YouVersion app. Again, this is another app that you can get. Uh, you can also do this online. But you can choose a Bible reading plan and then invite your friends to read with you. Very much like we did with John Soper, where we read through the scriptures uh, together in community. So I have a couple friends that I'm reading through the Bible with. And uh, over the last... Uh, five months, daily readings every day. They can be listened to or read. Uh, I, I usually listen to them in the car on the way to and from uh, the office, and I get through the Bible. And whereas one of those, the meditation is really uh, application-driven, just trying to, like, get the Word of God into you and to give you to hear from God through it, you know, the, the, the YouVersion Bible reading app just brings you through the whole Scripture in an orderly way, and those stories and words and letters, they might not mean anything to you as you're reading them at first, but the Holy Spirit just begins to, um, to impress these things on your heart. And these amazing, uh, you know, stories and some troubling, some confusing, you know, some just plain encouraging, um, these, these stories begin to work their way into your life. And you begin to hear God speaking through just a, a story of the history of God's people, uh, such as the story of the Exodus. So the, the Praise You Go app, the YouVersion app, reading through the Bible, and then simply uh, taking the many opportunities that God puts my way to be in the Bible with other Christians. I'd love to do a Bible reading plan with the whole church. I think I'd like to do that again someday soon with all of you. But uh, as my kids show interest in things in the Bible or I have friends that are interested in a topic, just taking up the opportunity to read the Word of God together with friends particularly in a small group context. It's a very powerful um, experience to be in the Word of God together and to hear the truly surprising and unique things that people have to say in response to the Word because the Holy Spirit is speaking to each person in different ways. So I, I, can't, I can't really say enough good about reading Scripture in a group like that. But just setting up these structures in your life, again, it's meant to be a trellis that supports your life with Jesus Christ, a foundational uh, practice of being in the Scripture. Just getting into that scripture, cracking it open as many times as you can, getting into a rhythm that makes sense, using the tools that God's given us and the gift that God's given us, just to hear from our maker, to hear from God, to understand what does it mean to live in true freedom? How do I understand the word and then learn to obey it? Uh, one of you, I, know, I think there's a couple in the church, are, are going through Mission 119, which is another app, and we had the person that was 
uh, responsible for that app, that reading plan, visit with us a few years ago. But this is another amazing resource to get you into the Word, and particularly if you are a newer Christian, understanding the basics of what things are saying. They're very confusing. I really recommend the Mission 119 app. And I'd be happy to talk about any of these with you guys as you um, try to figure out what works for you to get into the Word of God. I'd like to invite my friend Connie up forward to share a few uh, ways that the God's Word works for her and how she approaches the Bible. And so I really appreciate Connie coming up to share with us. So my, my journey with the Word of God. My first Bible I got when I was uh, third grade. I was attending a Sunday school, not often, but here and there. My family didn't go to church very much. And I was given a Bible. Wow. It's the only Bible that was in my house when I was growing up. It was the Revised Standard Version. And I don't know, I was kind of excited to get it. And, but there was one verse that had been underlined. So evidently in one of the classes I was there, they had us underline this verse. And it's Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now at this point, I wasn't really a believer. I guess you might say I was a wannabe believer. <laughs> but I didn't have that assurance yet. I had not embraced Jesus Christ into my life. That was just never explained in the church that I was attending. But so don't ever underestimate, you know, that that seed that can be planted in Sunday school, children's church, vacation Bible school. Because for me, that seed that was planted in this verse, I really believe because I would go back and read this verse a lot. I don't know why, it's just the Lord was leading me to do that. And I really believe it helped me to not get in a lot of trouble when I was growing up because <laughs> what it said here, and whatever you do in word or deed, I mean, I really took that to heart. So I became a new believer in, when I was 23 years old, back in 1970, probably before some of you were born. So I'm an old person. Um, and somehow I, was, I got a hold of a, um, a Bible. It was the, the Living Bible, which was kind of easy to read. I, I was like, wow, this is neat. And I just couldn't get enough of it. I just read it and read it and read it and read it. And anybody who might have said, wow, she's disciplined. Nope, I wasn't disciplined. I just, it was all God's grace to get me, to draw me in to learn the word. I, I just couldn't get enough of it. I was just so spiritually hungry. And I remember my, I said, wow, this is not like when I was growing up. I, my, I feel like my faith is getting stronger all the time. And, and what is that? And then one day I discovered Romans ten seventeen that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I was like, was that why? I have been hearing the word of God so much that that's why I feel like, wow, I have faith. It was kind of exciting and um, assurance that, um, that, you know, I was hearing the word of God. And I think for me, I wasn't hearing it out here so much because uh, the church I was attending never really explained things. But I was hearing it in my heart from the word. That's what the word was doing. I was hearing that word and it was increasing my faith. So, you know, that was then. <laughs> and then you go through different seasons. I mean, when I had my children, four little children. Okay, no more reading the Bible in the morning. <laughs> you who are moms know that. It's just really hard sometimes to keep, with, with what, keep up with what you've always done. And then, of course, I worked for over 30 years teaching in elementary education. 
But I, there were times I would just cry out, you know, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? How do I get this word in me? I just feel like I don't have time or I'm tired or I'm busy. And so there's all different things that he began to show me over the years. Um, one was the Bible in a year, which may work for some people. It did not work for me. Because, do you know, you miss up a few days, and then you had to read real fast, catch up. And what did I read? I don't know. So for me, that didn't work. But if it works for you, that's wonderful. Um, but there's all kinds of devotionals out there that you come across. And, of course, the Jesus Calling and even my utmost for its highest. This, that, you know, they come around, and you can just take a few minutes here or there and read so you're in the Word. And I think it was in the 80s, uh, a lot of the music that I was familiar with, Christian music, was scriptural. Uh, they weren't just like wonderful words, like we have wonderful words in our music here, and sometimes it's from scripture, but it seemed like there was a time where it was all just scripture. So you're getting the word, but in a different way, and of course music was my thing at the time. I would try to play it or sing along and have my kids sing too. And then, you know, I went through a season where I was just kind of slacking off. And I'd say, well, I'm trying to read the Word, but I can't focus. What do I do now? And the Lord just has given me different suggestions over the years. One is to write the verse out. Okay, so I write the verse out. And then I'd have to pray, Lord, help me focus. I want to be able to read this Word and get out of it what you have for me at that time. And then write down your feelings about it, write down your, you know, just different comments. And the next day, reread that. Reread what you wrote. And then write another verse out. Sometimes I wouldn't know where I to go next. What do I do next, Lord? I'm listening. And not feeling like I'm hearing an answer, but I always felt like he was leading me to just go back to the Psalms during these times. There's so much comfort in them. So that's what, what happened many times for us. Uh, how about the, uh, for God to love the world, say that verse a couple of times, and then emphasize each word, for God so love the world. For God so love the world. For God so love the world. Another thing that the Lord showed me, helped me to take a very familiar verse and just, you know, maybe he would speak something fresh and new for you and encouraging. And, and then I realized, you know, I, I've got to be praying about how this word, it's not just to minister to me and give me life, and that's a very important part, but what do you do with it? You know, it calls us to action. Are we actually being obedient in what he's asking us to do? You know, like love your neighbor? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot in that, just that one verse, that one part. But whatever you're reading, you know, James, it says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So the word, when we read it, it's not just for nice words to read. It's something that we need to apply. And if you have the gift of encouragement, God may um, reveal different verses for you to write out and share with friends or family. And then I went through a very extreme trial, the biggest one of my life. I'd come to church each week. I wouldn't sing. I just couldn't. I didn't have it in me. And, you know, when you're a believer and you have that assurance that you're uh, one of his and you're going to have him, there are just times where 
this particular time, I just couldn't even figure out where my hope had gone. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was there. I came and talked to Pastor Nate a few times and different friends. I said, I, I know I believe, but I pray and the words are just falling on empty, whatever. <laughs> it's like the night of the, the dark soul. Dark night of the soul, is that how you say it? I think. <laughs> and that's where I was at. It's like, I couldn't read the word. I, I, I'd try it and what did I just read? I don't know. But then I felt like the Lord did speak to me and said to write out some verses. For me, it had to be on the word hope because that's where I was at. And so I got my concordance out and found a lot of verses. And then I just happened to be at Walmart and I found this. Three by five cards with a couple of rings on them. Different colors. So I started out and I put verses to anchor my soul to. And I went through and found verses on hope that spoke to me and I wrote them out. And then I just left them on my bed. And every time I went in my bedroom, I would, oh, yeah, okay. So we'd stop and read the verse. And at first, you know, it's like, oh, that's nice. And then you'd kind of turn the page so that next time you come in, you'd read the next one. But eventually, those words of hope, just, I could just feel it rising up in me again. And it wasn't just from talking to people, it's the word of God. And when you have that word in you and being spoken to you or over you or you're hearing it, it encourages you, it builds you up, and it reminds you of who you are in Christ. So we have to press in. Memorizing. Sorry, that's not my thing. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> so this is, this is an area that I still need work on. I should say, it's helpful to know the word. I think I know the gist of a lot of words, a lot of verses, but to quote them, it's always been a struggle for me. I can usually maybe think of what book it's in. So that's, that's my really weak area, is being able to memorize the words. Okay, so I think of different levels. Level one is, you know, you read the stories, you know, you learn all about Creation, Noah, Moses, and so forth, not the 12 tribes, the prophets. And you get into the gospel and the early church. And that's level one, just knowing the facts, just reading it and trying to understand what it is. But then there's the level of applying it. What do we do with all that? What do we do with all the stories? Do they mean anything to me? Do I, is it something that I can apply? Is it something I can share with others? But level three, for me, is when you just want to spend time with the Lord, that relationship, that personal time, and that's the best. So sometimes when you're reading, you're at that point where you're just reading. Well, that's great because you're learning the stories. And sometimes you're stopping to think, okay, what can I do with this? And there's other times you're just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You're speaking to me. You know, you're not just my savior. And then I remember few years after being a Christian, I was like, oh, there's this thing about him being Lord of your life. But the one thing that I love so much is that he's my friend. Sometimes we don't think of him as being a friend, but he is definitely my friend. So Jesus has a plan for each of us, and he's going to help us to um, mature in our faith. 
So what do you do if, if you're stuck and just can't read? That's why we're all here as a group. Small groups, Bible studies, our church service, friends. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say, look, I'm struggling. I, I just can't seem to get in the Word. We we're all there at some point. I was there many times, just couldn't get into it. And, and if I had shared with somebody at the time, perhaps I would have gotten through that quicker. <laughs> Who knows? But other people can be praying. When you're strong in something, pray for the others who are weak in it. And if you're weak, don't be afraid to tell somebody, I need help. Can you pray for me that I will have that motivation to get up every day and pray or read the word? Can you pray with me? So a lot of tactics or a lot of tools, as Pastor Nate said. important thing is we need to keep the main thing the main thing, the word of God. Ask him to give you a hunger if you don't have it. I prayed that many a time. Lord, I'm not hungry for the word. I ask you to give me that hunger. Renew it. And just to a point where I just want to spend all my time with you if I can. <laughs> I think that's enough. <laughs> so anyway, if, if you're struggling with being able to read the word, I'd be glad to put you on my list and pray with you in the morning that at some point that day God will speak to you. And it might be just a verse. Just start with a little verse. It doesn't have to be chapters and chapters and you know and get involved with a group if you can it is so important to share with one another amen thank you connie so much thank you so much connie that was really helpful no matter how you get into the word i encourage you just get into the Word. There is no condemnation for anyone who's in Christ Jesus. All of you that have come to this table and have received through the gospel and the good news freedom from sin, uh, all those kinds of things, there's no more condemnation for anybody. And these spiritual disciplines can bring out the inner religious person in each of us where we think, you know, I, I'm doing it and it's not working the way I ideally think it should, so I failed. I'm not going to do that anymore. We hear that from Connie. You heard that from me talking about Sabbath-keeping. The important thing is not to do something perfectly according to what someone says. The purpose, the, the important thing, especially with scripture reading, is just understand how important it is, how central it is, and just, just get it into yourself one way or another. Eat this book. Eat these words. Because Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. All scripture is god breathed. The Holy Spirit, as Connie shared many examples, I, so I asked God, what do you say? The Holy Spirit will guide you to something that works for you. Stick with it. Come to make this a foundational part of your life. And I guarantee you, if you do this, you will see yourself grow in ways you never thought possible. Ways that can't happen just attending a church and hearing someone else talk about the Bible on Sundays. When you bring it into yourself, the Holy Spirit has all this raw data that he can use to do so many things in your life and in the lives of those people that you are in community with. So I just wanted to really encourage you this morning uh, to, to consider God's word, to hold on to it. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for all we've heard today. Thank you for Connie uh, sharing the, the long testimony of how she has encountered your word. Um, thank you, Lord, for 
for, for preserving this amazing collection in Scripture for us. God-inspired, God-breathed word that's completely useful for building us up and equipping us for everything, um, for life and godliness and, and ministry. Uh, thank you, God, so much for your word. Bless your people as we, as we remember your coming uh, in Christ on this first day of Advent. Bless your people. And may we grow a hunger and an expectation to hear from you in your word this season. Give each person uh, something they can take home with them and put into practice. For your glory, God, for the upbuilding of your kingdom, um, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.